You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Broadway, Broadway, in all of its glory, we all have a memory, we all have a story. Was there an understudy, or did the show stop? Did you see Barbara before she shot to the top? Join us as we revel in a reverie, it's my Broadway memory. Hey! Hi, who are you? I don't know anymore. <laughs> You're not Brian. Uh, no, but I am his understudy for the evening. Yes, you are the understudy. Hi, guys. This is my boyfriend, Remy. Nice to meet everyone. You, I, The joke would be, because we live together, the joke would be that you traveled really far to be here, but you actually, I did, actually did Where were you just before this? So I, I do stand-up comedy, and um, Stand Up New York is like my main uh, comedy club on the Upper West Side, and they've been nailing it and doing like outdoor comedy shows all over the city, like every day. Um, they've gotten a lot of buzz from it. And so they booked me as a host on their um, uh, show in Sheep's Meadow in Central Park. And Michael texted me, he's like, hey, Brian can't do the show today. Do you want to co-host? And so the show ended at 6.30 on the Upper West Side. And I ran, and I don't run, uh, to the C train. And uh, I just arrived about two minutes ago. And here I am. And I'm looking forward to it. Literally booked booked and blessed. So. Yeah. And also, like, what fitting, uh, this is a fitting time, because now all of a sudden, like, you know, as a gay couple, now, what? now, <laughs> yes, newsflash. Uh, but as we're talking about, like, the Supreme Court, like, potentially overruling gay marriage and stuff, like, we're here to go like that to you so um this is what love looks like this is what joy looks like yes and love is the same pair of glasses yes is you start to look like each other but um but we're here to have a good time and i'm so glad you're here because i've been wanting to have you as a guest yeah. and uh so this is perfect the way that it it works yeah, that am. it worked out so um but other than that your week your week is good like how is How's life? What's going on? Life is good. I, um, you know, I'm working on a lot right now. I'm doing a short, you know, doing some comedy here and there. I'm uh, been recording a uh, musical radio play podcast uh, all week with some yeah. cool pals of mine. So things are good. Yeah. How about you? Oh, you know, I turned in my second backstage article today, which was exciting. He's a writer now. Apparently I'm a writer. Add those to the hyphens. And it's been, it, this article was really interesting to write because um, I was, we were just briefly chatting with 
uh, one of our guests just before this um, about what is theater. And I'm sure we'll bring that up in the show, but the fly from on Mike Pence's head, that's our guest. That was theater. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was also theater. That was brilliant theater. Um, but like, also how do we promote, how do we promote our shows uh, in a not self-focused way when every day there is a really triggering headline that happens? Like where there's just a lot, a lot of layers into like what, um, socially uh, responsible artistry is. So yeah. that's what I wrote about, and I'm excited about it because I really had a really had a dive deep in there, and really sort of. Um, you know, if I call you Brian tonight, don't be it's mad. Okay. At me. It's okay. It's okay. I, I need to mix it up. I know. No one can pronounce my name anyway, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> it's literally Remy. This it's Remy how... Germanorium. Yes. Yeah, six years later, I should hope. Yeah, yeah. No, this is how a Broadway swing feels, guys. They could find out like five minutes before. There are so many, show. There are so many times where I mean, Deanne's Deanne, who was a uh, a guest on the show, Deanne Stewart for Jagged Little Pill, she went on for a track and didn't have any yeah. rehearsal for it. Yeah, so. happens all the time. So welcome. Thank you so much. And I I read the article and it's really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, do you want to continue on with the show? Yeah. So uh, this episode marks the second uh, episode of an amazing partnership uh, with uh, My Broadway Memory and Broadway for Biden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's very exciting uh, for those viewers that have tuned into every show since we began. We're still keeping with the theme of Broadway Memories but we will also make sure that you have all the information you need to vote and why you need to vote. Seriously, if that debate last night taught us anything, it is so important. Uh, so we're gonna make sure you have all the information necessary. Our goal is to get you to vote. For Biden. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Gosh, I, we should have made that very clear. For, for Biden, for Broadway Biden. for Biden. Broadway for Biden. Uh, but yes, the, the future of theater and just like basic human rights uh, are at stake. Yes, they are. Um, but before we get started, everyone, remember we love hearing from you. Remy, we love hearing from everyone. Yes, I'm normally the one messaging. Yeah, yeah you, are, you are making comments. Um, but so feel free to make yourself known. Ask questions, share stories. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> so Brian always misses that too. I should change that. Uh, uh, I, just and, like, and, and comments <laughs> and questions may even yes. make it on the screen. They might. And we know that we have some new viewers watching. So please, 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 please follow us on social media. We love interacting with you. Actually, we really, really do. Yes. So that is at my Broadway memory on Instagram and Facebook and at my B way memory on Twitter. But like, honestly, like follow the Instagram because like, I don't do Twitter and like the face, it's just You're like getting better with Twitter. I'm about to delete it. Oh, no, truthfully, because I can't, I like actually can't. It like stresses me so, stresses me out so much, but. That's like me with Facebook. What'd you say? That's like me with Facebook. No, I know. It's like so much. I'd rather just sort of focus, because I'm a visual person. I love Instagram. I love Instagram. I like Instagram a lot too. It's like, I like seeing visuals and I like seeing things. And in Twitter culture is so specific. So like follow us on at my Broadway memory. Also, uh, because our name is a little long today, Michael Schur, Remy Germanaro, my pronouns are he, him, his. And ditto, he, him, his. Um, so let's get on the show. Let, let's get on the show. We on the show, baby. We're on it. Uh, let's get on with the show and let's begin with our brand new segment, Throwback Thursday. We find a way back to that. And when you least expect, opportunity walks through the that door. That title of show was the very first show I saw when I moved to New York. 
Really? It wasn't my first Broadway show I had seen, but I moved to, I went here for college. And the first show I saw during Welcome Week at NYU was title of show. Oh, because that's 08. 08. Um, I saw it. Uh, hi, Damon Bradley. Uh, I, I think it's Jang watching oh, from Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada. Sorry, Brian's not here. Yay. <laughs> um, so I, I, my experience with title of show, uh, title of show was um, I went to Frenchwoods and they and they did a little trip and bust some of us into the city Aww. to um, to see the show. And uh, Victor Legra, who's silkscreen master, like made like Frenchwoods title of show shirts and that's um, cute, very cute. But today. We're talking about milk and honey. Amazing. Yes. On top of having a butt ton of playbills of shows I've seen, I was given by the Steinberg family, a close family friend of mine, like 200 playbills from like the golden age and flops and things that I have never even heard of. So week by week, we're going to dive into new playbills uh, of olden times. And this week it's Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey uh, is a musical that ran on Broadway in 1961 and uh, it had 543 performances, solid. Uh, which back then it's pretty solid. And uh, it had a book by Donna Pell and musical lyrics by Jerry Herman. Jerry Herman. Herman. Pa, pum, pum. Just, we stole that from our friend. Paige Turner. Uh, yeah. We should cite her, Paige we Turner. We should, yes, yeah, cite Paige Turner. So the story of Milk and Honey centers on a busload of lonely American widows hoping to catch husbands while touring Israel. This sounds great. And it's set against the backdrop of the country's struggle for recognition as an independent nation. It honestly just sounds like my life. That's incredible. <laughs> just it's... Jewish uh, just Jewish musical theater. Do you think they have it at Lincoln Center? The library? I don't know, Maybe. but the, the cast album is out. The cast album is out. And um, and this was Jerry Herman's first like Broadway book musical yeah. following a succession of off-Broadway reviews. Um, so what does Jerry's bio read like before any of his like big hits? I laughed a lot when I read this bio because it's literally like, he's like so new and just like, la, 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 la. But it says still in his twenties, <laughs> Jerry Herman is the youngest composer of a current Broadway musical. Both the music and lyrics of Milk and Honey are his. Uh, he is also responsible for the scores of the off-Broadway hit reviews Nightcap and Parade. Not Jason Robert Brown's Parade, oh. but uh, he was written. Uh, he has written special material for such performers as Tallulah Bankhead, Hermione Gingold, Jane Froman, Gary Moore, and Polly Bergen. A native New Yorker, he's a graduate of the University of Miami, class of oh. 54, and I did not know he went to the University okay. of Miami. Um, so Milk and Honey tried out in both New Haven and Boston, which was very... Uh, apropos of the apropos apropos of the time, common common, run of the mill, general Boston New Haven and uh, Elaine Strich. That's in Zip. You know when she's oh, doing yeah. you know New Haven Connecticut. Can I get it? Oh, York. that's a good one. In and they Liberty. wonder why I drink at At Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a good part. And after only one preview on Broadway, they opened and they opened to warm reviews. Some even consider the score to be. Herman's best one that tops Mame and Hello Dolly. Scandal. So listen for yourself. The cast album is out. Uh, and uh, yeah, the playbill is, I mean, like we love, we don't love, but like we love looking at them and oh, the old, like, cigarette, cigarette, ads. Ads, cigarette ads. They're epic. 
they're epic. Um, and that was Milk and Honey. We love uh, a good TBT. And if you want to learn more about Milk and Honey, or if you want a special musical to be showcased with TBT, you can follow us on social media and reach out to us because we love hearing from you. Yes, and again, that is at my Broadway memory on Instagram and Facebook and at my B-Way memory on Twitter. Hey, all right, do you wanna, you wanna do the show? Yeah, okay, so what do we say? We bring on our amazing guests for the evening. Yeah. So our first guest is Kate Kerrigan, who is an award-winning lyricist, book writer, and playwright. Um, her off-Broadway credits includes The Mad Ones, formerly known as the unauthorized autobiography of Samantha Brown, Henry and Mudge, and she has written the book for A Killer Party, a digital musical series, book and lyrics for The Bad Years, Republic, Unbound, Arena, and lyrics for Rosie Revere, Engineer and Friends, Justice, and Earthrise. Her plays include Father Daughter, Disaster Relief, Imaginary Love, and Transit. Her work has been developed by La Jolla, Kennedy Center, Theater Works, the Sil Silicon Valley, Primary Stages, Goodspeed, Aurora Theater Company, uh, uh, sorry, uh, and others. Uh, her awards include the Cleveland Larson Theater Hall of Fame Most Promising Lyricist, Alumna, Dra alumna of Dr Dramatist Guild Fellowship, Page 73's I-73, Barnard College, BMI Musical Theater Writing Workshop, so many cool stuff, Kate Kerrigan. Yes, and now we have Ryan J. Haddad. He is an actor, playwright, and autobiographical performer based in New York. His acclaimed solo play, Hi, Are You Single?, was presented in the public theaters under the Radar Festival and continues to tour the country. Other New York credits include Maestrates, Ars Nova Antfest, Norin Hadi Go to Hogwarts, Theater Breaking Through Barriers, and the Cabaret Falling for Make Believe, Joe's Pub Under the Radar. Regional Theater, The Maids, Lucy Thurber's Orpheus in the Berkshires, Williamstown Theater Festival, and Hi, Are You Single? The Guthrie Theater, Cleveland Playhouse, Williamstown Theater Festival. He has a recurring role on Netflix series The Politician, which I love and die for. And additional television is Bull, Madam Secretary, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Hadid is a recipient of IAMA Theater Company's Shonda Rhimes Unsung Voices uh, Voices Playwriting Commission and Rising Phoenix Repertory's Cornelia Streep American Playwriting Award. His work has been developed with the Public Theater, Manhattan Theater Club, New York Theater Workshop, Berkeley Repertory Theater, North Theater, Rattlestick Playwrights Theater, Primary Stages, and Pride Plays. He is an alum of the Public Theater's Emerging Writers Group and a former queer art performance and playwriting fellow under the mentorship of Mo Angelis. And you can find Ryan at Ryan J. Haddad and RyanJHaddad.com. Right, so please welcome Kate Kerrigan and Ryan Haddad. Wow, I suck at reading bios. It's just like a bunch of words just like streaming together, but you did great. Thank you. So it much. didn't occur to me that you might read that out loud. Well, <laughs> you asked for it. I would have given you like two sentences. No, you deserve to like take that spotlight. We deserve to know what you're doing. I love I, that. I I didn't know. I. I now know that my bio is never meant to be read out loud. Like I need to make a different version and it isn't your fault. It's yeah. just like those parentheses are like only meant for the reader when they're reading it. It's true. It's and true. So I was like, what is happening? I'm so sad for like you for having to yeah. do this. Can you imagine? Yeah. If I, I was like really this? jealous of Jerry Herman's bio all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like if we had like pulled it from like a playbill and it was like, thanks to mom, dad, grandma, my <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> It probably would have been better because it would have been shorter. 
<laughs> just, you know, uh, my bio would read just Michael Kushner does a, a few things. Look him up. My I mean, mother's maiden name is Kushner. Oh. Um, but, uh, Are you Russian, Russian, Polish, Austrian, or German at all? It is Ukrainian and, um, well, we're Lebanese, but the Kushner is not for the Lebanese side. So they, it's either Ukrainian side. Are we distant cousins? I don't know. I could ask the same about Tony, but I think you'd be a little more fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I look, Jewish and gay, but I'm a little more fun. He does. Yes, you are. I'm not Jewish, but that, that, well, it was lost in translation when the name was passed down, I guess. I don't know. We have, we have lots to talk about regarding our 23andMe's, but I am so glad that you guys are <laughs> here. I'm such a, I'm such a, I have no, shame in fangirling over guests. I love both of your work so much. Kate, I've been listening to you since I'm in high school and college Me and, too. you know, 20 something. I told you in the email, it's like, I think of my, I, he knows and we're, we're all good friends, but I think of like <laughs> my ex-boyfriend in high school, just like, you know, Aww. cause like, like, listen, like that's, that's such a beautiful song tied to that. And I'm dying over the politician, Ryan. It's really, really awesome work. Thank you. Thank you. I completely agree. You both are awesome. And I especially love Kate's background, whatever you well, are. Thank wondering. you. Uh, I have a four-year-old daughter and my husband turned out, he, he's a he's a Broadway lyricist, but um, as it turns out, he's also like a really good cartoonist. Amazing. Um, and he's been working on this mural with my daughter where she basically tells him what story pieces she would like from different books that they read um, to be added to the mural. And he's been doing this since uh, the the middle of the pandemic. Looks great. Yeah. Honestly, amazing. amazing. No, I'm saying that looks amazing. I just love how we're like, like you're sitting in front of this like beautifully, like this beautiful artistic environment. I'm in the studio. Ryan, where are you? I'm in my parents' basement in Ohio, where I've, where I've quarantined for six months. Um, but I I have this weird setup because I had a gig, and they're like, "Do you want some equipment?" And I was like, "Sure." And then they were like, "Do you want to send it back?" And I was like, "No." So, yeah, um, I was going to ask because your lighting looks I feel great. Like this is maybe making up for the fact that I have not ever like I've I've avoided finding a lighting solution. No, it's wonderful. You have a great perspective. It's on a diagonal. It looks <laughs> terrific. Yeah. Um, and the ring light is super annoying. You have glasses. I have, we all have, everyone has yeah. glasses. And the ring light, if I were to look up, all you can, well, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so, you have it up? Well, that's the that's the only way I've been able to do it. Because if it's in front of my face, there oh. are two holes mm -hmm. in my glasses. That's yeah, because the, the screen is bad enough. Yeah, yeah. In the evening, oh, I can yeah. now see this reflection that I normally like during the day. It's not so bad, but we are a glasses crew, and I love you know four out of four people wear glasses. <laughs> For sure. For, For sure. sure. So let's get the let's let's, 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 let's <laughs> let these are the blue these are blue light you know because oh yeah I, I'm staring at my screen all day I'm editing photos I'm doing these fakakta shows yeah. I, you know what I mean? and, it's like, <laughs> and it's like if I I'm gonna go cross-eyed if I don't if I don't get the blue light so I got the blue he told me to get the blue light they're great they're the craze um, <laughs> you want to start talking Broadway yeah so, no. okay no, never no, never. 
I'm Broadway out. I want this one to start the thing. He's been watching the show since the beginning. He's been watching me do it on my off time because I'm just like, I feel like I'm like a crazy person rocking myself, in, you know, and uh, just like trying to revisit Broadway and old memories. So why don't you go, you know what to do. Yeah, so I'll show you guys how it works. And I'm so excited to hear your memories throughout the uh, the show. Because uh, so very excited. So we, I personally have like all these like little like shoe boxy things full of playbills. So I grabbed mm -hmm. one as I ran in 10 minutes before this started. So I'm just gonna pull one at random and see what I get. And I'll talk about that and memories associated with it. Okay, great. And it's good, I would guess because of like why of like the cover. I know. So this, I pulled the Little Mermaid. <gasps> Stop. It's great. Did you guys see it? No, I just react a lot. So it's, well, no, <laughs> you, I, <laughs> we love a good reaction. So the Little Mermaid, I saw, I want to say my uh, sophomore year of college when I was 19. And this was clearly at the very end of my stage drawing phase when I actually got the, uh, the, the signatures and everything. I loved The Little Mermaid. I thought it was awesome. I saw it twice. Um, I saw like the original company. And then, so me and my friends, uh, like my close friends, we were obsessed with title of show, which yeah. we were just talking about. And <sighs> when they announced that Heidi Blickenstaff was going to go into the role as Ursula after her, you know, her big, you know, thing in title of show, me and my friends were like, we have to go see Heidi. So there she Aww. is. That's her She's name. amazing. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so great. She's such like a powerhouse voice. And yeah. like, um, I believe I saw Sierra Boggess, if I'm not mistaken, who was also great. I just really liked it. Yeah. I thought it was just like pure Disney and like pure fun, just like unabashedly like. That cast album. Oh yeah. Fun story for you. I don't mean to take over your memory. I don't care. There's a great story because Heidi is a client of mine. And um and and then I had Brett um Schufer. I had Brett Schuford yeah I, I had Brett Schuford in the studio and it was like I was I was geeking out I've been geeking out over this one moment in the cast album in Under the Sea there is some gay guy in the ensemble that in the middle of the dance break you just hear him go hi <laughs> and I've always been get over that listen to it it's in the dance break of Under the Sea. And I was telling him this while I was shooting, being like, can you tell me who that was? And he goes, it was me saying hi to Heidi Blickenstaff. And I thought that was amazing. But it's in the cast album. It's in the cast album. And he did it. Like they're, they vocalize a little bit in the dance oh, break. Okay. Yeah. And so that hi always stuck out to me. And I've always been like, who is that? Michael but I'm confused though because wasn't is Heidi on the recording? She wasn't the original Ursula, so why was he saying hi to her in the booth? Great question, Ryan. I'll tell you. Uh, so Heidi, <laughs> so Heidi uh, came in back. She was in the original company uh, as um, Adrina or Aquata or no, it was Adina. Um, Anyway, she, she yeah. was she was um, not Ursula, but she was in the original company. And then she, I believe, left to do title of show and then came back as Ursula. As Ursula. So, so he was just saying hey to Heidi, even though she wasn't the lead. No. Yeah. They, they, she was also well, because why wouldn't you say hey to Heidi? Yeah, you gotta say hi to Heidi. Oh my god, I love her. I'm a, I love her. She's so they're all four of the title of show people are the nicest oh, human the best. on earth. And yeah. that's that show is amazing. I mean, just like 
that I mean, the whole idea of the show and how yeah. it got to Broadway and just yeah. how that four actors and a and a pianist and a and a keyboard can take up a Broadway stage and just it's so amazing. It's it's that's what theater is. That's yeah. what musical theater is. And and it's so amazing. And um one of my favorite productions I saw, I, I saw the Broadway, I saw it on Broadway. I think I saw it, I saw it before Broadway and then I saw it on Broadway and it was incredible. And the way that they kept shifting the story was so phenomenal. But then one of the coolest things that I saw was I got to see one of the first productions without them, like uh, in, in a regional setting. Um, I was doing a workshop at TheaterWorks in Palo Alto and it was, I think, directed by... Uh, Meredith McDonough, and it was so good. And what was really cool about it was that they like they did that one extra step to make it work regionally too, yeah. and have it be other actors. And it was one of those things that felt impossible to me. I was like, yeah. oh, this is not. It's going to be a nice memory of seeing what I saw on Broadway. But it worked so well. That's so great. It's so excited. You remember what they did? Was it like in the text? Yeah, there were some things in the text that just like went one step further. Like, and it was it wasn't it was still subtle. Like, it didn't go it didn't go too far with it because it it didn't break the reality too much. But it acknowledged yeah. where you were, um, which felt really yeah. Important. yeah. Really cool. Wow. Do you want to hear something? Speaking of like super regional theater productions of title of show, recently, and I mean recently, within the past one or two years. Um, Alex Borstein from Family Guy and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. She did a production of Title of Show where she played Susan in Spain. I almost thought you said in space. No. Oh my God. And where's the bootleg? I, do you think they have a bootleg? Maybe. Oh, yeah, I don't know if they do. Is it is it awful that I mentioned it on this podcast? I shouldn't have. Are you kidding me? I can I tell you in high school when like that was like the height of my wicked phase. I used to get on AIM. Okay, my screen name was Jafar Fan ninety one. Um, I used to get on. AIM. That's a great screen name. Wait, wait, wait! Are you watching? Are you watching Pen Fifteen? Yes. Yes, we started the aim. The aim of Pen Fifteen. It's, is it good? We haven't. It gives it. it. It gives it all to me. It gives it all. No, it, th that the was sound good. of the dial-up. I'm oh, dead. Yeah. You know? I know. It's it's amazing. But what I used to do was get. I was on a Wicked fan board. Wicked on Broadway. Proboards twenty four com. And I used to get on and meet and talk with my Wicked friends that are in the industry and uh, to this right now. And we would get on AIM and go. Okay, I want the. I want Eden Espinosa. I want that audio, Eden Espinosa, um, uh, and it would be the date, and it would have like a like a, a grade next to it, like a like a beep, <laughs> like a B plus, not oh. not because of performances, but because of the quality, quality, quality yeah. Yeah, yeah. B plus. And then I would get on AM, and we would do a file transfer. I would send, it, I, oh my God. I would send a leg. I would get a bootleg. I'd come home from school. I'd have a new video of Wicked to watch. Wicked, I feel like, has the most bootlegs. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. yeah, yeah. My oh, daughter, yeah. my daughter has recently become obsessed with Wicked, among oh, wow. other surprising things. But they're all musicals. All the surprising things are musicals. Right. But um, she, yeah. But, but yeah, we've been like, we have been uh, partaking in some bootlegs, in spite of the fact that we're not supposed to do that. Um, and then we're and we're both playwrights, you know. I know. We're both play, like we shouldn't, but. 
but but it's but come on like I know what am I supposed to do she's asking me like really intense plot questions and I remember like three quarters of the plot but there's some stuff that happens in the second act that really blows my mind and I can't explain it to her but if we watch a bootleg I'm like oh I think I remember how this goes yeah Wicked's also like doing great well yeah Wicked they also, okay. They they fine, okay. They fine. Wicked is also such a special show because even in the Bush administration, when it opened in in 03, 04, it was applicable to what was going on now. But now, yeah. you know, yeah. you know yeah. talking with uh, Rona Siddiqui is a, a guest of mine on my podcast, Your Multi-Hyphenate, and she wrote for um, the Wicked write, songwriting uh, series for the 16th anniversary. She oh, wrote yeah. a song for Dr. Dillamond. And basic, and and we were talking about like the media silent, like being like silencing yeah. voices and stuff like that. And that's what happens. Like yeah. they literally take their voices away. And Wicked is a really, it's it's, it's, topical. it's really topical. I mean, like, do, did I did I sit on my bed making my witch hats to make like Susan Hilferty's costume design? I did a hundred percent. But that it's topical. It is a topical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you haven't there's seen that, it. there's that Peter Stone idea of of musicals, and it's it's not just it's it does it's like all epic theater, but I think in musicals. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Max. Go. I think between all of us, we've seen Wicked every single performance that yeah. it's run on. Sorry, Kate. What were you I've, saying? I've, I've only, only, there's I've this uh, there's this idea in play in uh, in musical theater writing that comes from Peter Stone's so the guy who wrote uh, 1776 and Titanic. That is uh, that there's like three circles in a story, and that you're sort of like you drop like a stone into the center of the story, and that's your protagonist, and you have this main conflict that's this internal conflict of your main character, and then the then there's the interpersonal conflict um, between the main character and their primary relationships. And then there's a societal conflict and they all have to be the same thing. And almost to a show, everything that like really works has those three elements. And Wicked is such a good example because nobody thinks about that societal level, but without it, it wouldn't have the resonance that it has and it wouldn't work. It wouldn't keep people coming back. That's such a great metaphor. It's a mate. That's amazing. On the Little Mermaid. Yes. So Ryan, we're getting. We're gonna get to you. We're gonna get to you. But now, but first up, we have Kate. So this is a good transition. Yeah. Kate, do you want to have your broad? I, first of all, that's amazing, and I could. I know I could talk to the both of you for days. So how do you want to go about this? Do you want to pick a playbill? Like what? What's going on? Well, here's the thing. My husband keeps every playbill for every show that he has ever seen. I don't. Um, so the only that, what I've done is I have kept like a very small curated group of playbills. And I went and I found my curated group and I can stand by every one of them. Right. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, oh, are they going to all hold up? And they really do for me. Right. And a couple of them really surprised me. So I don't know if I should, I mean, I could just like pick one at random, but there's only five. What's um, one that surprised you? Yeah. What? What's one of the ones that surprised you? I'm curious. The one that surprised me actually was um, Brief Encounter. Oh, oh, is that the one with the headphones? No. no. That's, that's no. Encounter. Oh, sorry. Which? Oh, yeah. Which is also really cool. Sorry. It's very cool. Um, My bad. No, Brief Encounter was this musical that happened that Emma Rice directed. Yes. That was this like weird it was one of the most like hybrid pieces of theater that i had ever seen at that moment it happened at, at studio 54 
And it, I don't know how long it ran. It was at the roundabout. So it probably ran like, I don't know, three or four months, like not that long, but it did really like, it, it made a huge splash. And it was the first time that Emma Rice, who's a British director, brought something to the United States and everybody was like, who is this woman and what is she doing? Um, but I looked at it again. And one of the interesting things is that um, in the cast, uh, and I was thinking about this recently, uh, Damon, uh, do, did you say Duano had, Dauno? How do you say his last name? I don't know. The guy who was in uh, Oklahoma. Oh, I don't know the answer. I don't know the last name. But here he is. Here he is, right here. Mm. Looking, dreaming, and 10 years younger. Yeah. So, and then there's also Gabriel Ebert. Oh, where he won a Tony, um, and I didn't. I knew I knew that both of them were in it, but I I actually had forgotten that Damon was in it. And then recently, I was talking to somebody and I realized I was like, oh yeah, I think I think that's the first time I saw him in something. And he like plays the upright bass in it, and it was all of these. Uh, it was this really cool thing where it was playing with the idea of this old movie that I think is a movie called Brief Encounter. Yes. And the movie kind of plays through it, but then there's this stage show happening in front of it. And it it's it's like the West Side Story thing without it being distancing, it actually brought you in. And the way, it was also very British in the way that um, like as soon as you walked into the theater, there was like an immersion to yeah. the and like the actors were sort of milling around and moving through and they were the, they were the, um, they were the ushers and they brought you into this space. And then I think there was, I want I feel like someone might, who may have seen it might also remember, but I feel like, I don't know if it was like rose petals falling from the ceiling or like something crazy happened at the end. And it was like one of the most romantic. And I went with my husband before oh. we were married and it was like one of the most romantic experiences I've ever had in the theater. And it just felt so like bespoke and special mm -hmm. and like, you felt like you did something that had never been done before and would never happen again, even though, of course, it was playing for a few months. Um, so it was, oh yeah, and the first, the note from the director starts with, I love romance. Oh. Um, like, mm. that's what it felt like. It was just this like love letter to romantic, this like romantic je ne sais quoi. And it was so cool. I love that. I love that. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, so that was the one that really surprised me. One question from me. Yes, please. Is, do you did you know at the time of seeing it that your husband was going to end up being your husband? And did yeah. you could you feel oh. that he was your forever person? Yeah, yeah. We were friends for a while and then uh and we were like very good friends. And then we had a moment where we kind of told each other that we liked each other and we weren't in the same place we were like on the phone and we told each other that we liked each other and i was like well that's going to screw up everything and we, you're not allowed to do that that's not how it works and then the next time we saw each other i was like well i guess we're gonna kiss and so <laughs> and like then like you know 20 minutes of hanging out together we did kiss and then we were done and we were good and that was it and now we've been together for 10 years Aww, I know, it's crazy. With a four-year-old. I know, with a four-year-old. And uh, we haven't, like, specifically announced, but I'm very pregnant. Oh, oh, no. No. You heard it here first. Yes, my Broadway memory dropping the news. 
And to it'll ensure- be on deadline tomorrow. It'll be on deadline. Oh, yeah. Everyone cares. It's a pandemic, so you don't see it. It's the weirdest thing. Say that one more time. It's it, because of this pandemic, nobody's seen me outside this box. Right. And so no one knows. Oh my God. Congratulations. Secret, but congrats. Oh my God. Well, to make sure that your baby grows up in a world that is accepting and loving, I think it's time uh, to uh, continue to talk about our partnership with Broadway for Biden to ensure that we all unite to elect Joe Biden. Uh, and then after this, we're going to get to uh, Ryan's memory, uh, some games and everything like that. So um, Ryan, Kate, how have you been staying politically active during this time? Wait, I, just because I want to do it, because we have to, <laughs> I want to do the intro video for Broadway oh, for I'm Biden. Sorry. Oh. Just because editing for me is going to be so much easier if that is just there. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm new here. I didn't. It's okay. How? Yes. Uh, now. <laughs> Sorry, that just made me laugh. Okay. Yes. How have you guys been politically staying politically active during this time? I don't know where you physically are, Kate, but I am in Ohio. So that is fun. And I'm seeing Trump banners. In, I'm not even talking about yard signs. I'm talking about banners elevated at heights. Like, not... So I, I feel... Um, I feel the ominous nature of the threat. And so what I'm doing first and foremost is trying to um work on my family some of them are hopeless completely hopeless yeah but you just have to um keep trying and by trying sometimes that means i'm screaming and telling people i hate them which is not the way to do it it's not the way to do it but sometimes then four or five days later i say actually this is how i feel this is how you're supporting him makes me feel and if you're going to continue to support him that's your business but don't do it in my in my presence, in my space, because that hurts me. So having those really tough conversations, which happen way more often than I'd like them to happen, but I realize if I wasn't here in quarantine in a pandemic, those conversations wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, I've been doing a lot of this. I've been doing, a, uh, this is my third, technically third Broadway for Biden moment. And it also, um, I've done a lot of like get out the vote stuff, um, PSA stuff, using sort of a, the platform as not only a person who's on TV, but also a person who's disabled, mm -hmm. because the disabled vote is very, 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 very important. And also is uh, one of the groups that is suppressed, mm -hmm. especially when the president is trying to undermine mail in voting, because for I, I think I voted once. I voted once in person in, in my decade of voting and every other time it's been absentee technically, but it's the same thing as the yeah. mail-in. It's the same thing. Yeah. And so to say that a vote is illegitimate or doesn't count because a person is not able or doesn't wanna go through the physical effort of getting the polls, um, is just so un-American, it's yeah. terrible. So I've been talking a lot about disability voting and healthcare, especially because the Affordable Care Act is on the line. Yeah. 
And I've been donating. I, I am the night of the first debate. I did two things. I set up a recurring donation um, to the Biden campaign. And I uh, started inquiring about finding a therapist because I don't know how I, anybody could have watched that first debate. If you're, I mean, I just was physically, my whole body was, was having convulsions. So that's what I've been up to. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's very, very, it's great to stay active, especially, you know, sometimes when, especially New Yorkers, when they're not in New York, it's, it's hard to be home with, with family, especially if they don't, if they have differing political views than you. So I think that's really awesome what you're doing and keeping your voice heard. And, you know, you have such a great platform to use. Thank you, Ryan, for doing that because it's like, you know, we're in New York and, uh, and I come from a very liberal family and I have like a distant cousins that like are Trump supporters, but like, it's, it's like what I said, like what you said, it's, it's a, it's a hopeless cause. It's just like they, they, they're not, it's, they're not educated enough. And there's, there's, there's so much that I can't do over Facebook. I am. And like, there's no willing to have a FaceTime and there's no willing to, to, to chat. It's like, you know what I mean? So that's a hopeless cause. And uh, so thank you for being in a, a very important state and, and having those conversations because I know that they're not easy. Um, I so- want to say one more thing. And that is just, I have those Facebook family members too, those distant ones who I would say mm, aren't uh, particularly, uh, aren't educated in the same way, I'll say, um, who maybe when I shared this link just now so that people could watch this live stream, I have it hidden from four specific rabid conservatives that I never want to be on my comments ever again. Really? But then there are also... What I'm discovering is there are also individuals who are highly, highly educated and intellectually know that he's doing a terrible job, that he is a terrible president, and Biden is a much better person with much better values and much better morals. And yet, for their own self-interest, they know in their mind that their own self-interests are harming oppressed groups, but they they have the intellect to know that and still not care. Yeah. And that is what's, I think, very, very, very dangerous. Um, it's, it's, and, not, it's not a deal breaker for right. them. It's not. No. And Ryan, can you tell us what else you've been doing with uh, Broadway for Biden? 
Yes. Uh, well, the first one was their first live phone bank, which was celebrating the Americans with Disabilities Act. It was with Christine Bruno and Ellie Stroker. Um, I did a, a pre-tape in which they had me talk about the politician, which was a tie-in of like politics. And then I was like, also, we're in danger. Um, and then... Danger, and then uh, the third one hasn't come out yet. I, I, I'm sure I'm allowed to talk about it, but we just did a wonderful uh, disability panel with about uh, five uh, disability artists, actors, performers of varying types of disabilities, deaf, deafness and disability. And it is in, there will be captioning and there will be, I, I think there will be captioning, but there were two, uh, ASL interpreters throughout the whole panel. So it was really, it was really, really invigorating. And the thing about disability issues, yes, we have a conservative government that wants to implode the Affordable Care Act, but a lot of these disability issues have been going on for decades and across many administrations. It's not just left and right. It's virtually just being ignored. Yeah. And we're hoping that you know, with Kamala and Joe, Joe and Kamala, that it will be a different situation and that we can make some some bigger progress that's much needed for a long time. And that panel is indeed airing on October 17th and there will be captions. There's something, something you just said, I think is so important that there's so many issues that have been going on for such a long time and that aren't going to go away if we get rid of Trump or the or the or the Republicans. Um, but what I've been really I, and I and I've and I've had a lot of conversations with people who are younger and feeling um, the fatigue of all of this and thinking about not voting. Who uh, who are saying, well, what's the difference between Biden and Trump? And for me, that's become it's become beyond all of our issues that like are you know if you're going to be as I understand there are people who are single vote, single issue voters, um, and I have an I have a a distant relative who is a single issue voter, and hers is about pro choice and abortion. My daughter just came in, and the I don't know if you can hear it, but she is singing for Jesus right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she's a single issue voter and she is totally anti-pro-choice. She is anti-abortion and that's how she votes. And that is why she's voting for Trump. And it drives me really crazy right in this moment because I think we're in a moment right now where actually we're not voting for whether or not these issues that are issues and, and we can disagree on them or we can agree on them. We need to vote right now based on whether or not we would like to remain in a democracy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And that's and and it's so it's so true that the next step is that we can't lose our momentum and we can't lose our stamina after the election, assuming that we can get through this and not have some kind of coup and not end up in a fascist regime. Assuming we get a democracy out of this on November third or November fifteenth or whatever date it is then we have a ton more work to do. And what's been so incredible is that I feel like there's so many platforms right now that everybody's coming together on um, to say, we have not been treating everyone equally. We have not been handling um, issues of race or gender or disability or um, 
LBGTQ issues, any of this, there's, there's still tons of problems and we have to figure them out, but we've got no shot if we keep going in this direction. And so it feels like such a different kind of argument than I've ever, I've ever felt before in politics. I'm not willing to argue. Um, there's just, there's the answer that keeps us in, inside of a democracy where we keep trying to figure it all out and it's messy and it's hard and we screw it up. Um, or we go in this direction where really no one wins. Um, but I agree there are some people who are fighting for their own self-interest. And it, what's what's crazy about it is that I think that their self-interest will also be completely destroyed Absolutely. if we keep going in that direction. Um, I completely agree with you. And, you know, Kate, uh, the Broadway for Biden conversations you're involved with as well, because the I agree with you on all of these things. These are these are. The, everything is so there there's the stakes are so high and on top of all of these conversations the conversation we're involved in is centered on climate change and the environment so can you elaborate on that a little bit yeah um i mean we're at a bit of a flashpoint right now um there's i, I guess if one was going to be a single issue voter on on anything right now i could imagine being a single issue voter on climate change because our planet is in a lot of danger. Um, and by if we don't fix things drastically by 2050, we will not be living in the kind of world that we're living in right now. We just won't. Um, the Biden campaign has a plan to put in $2 trillion um, to try to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. And there's a lot of steps within that plan, but it's a, it is a plan and it would, it would have an enormous impact on the entire world, not just our country. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's so frustrating and so upsetting to see that the people who are leading the climate, the, the climate change parade trying to fix this um, are teenagers um, and that they're the ones who are having to, to fight this fight because they see that they're that their world is in danger and they're in such and it's such a problem so I mean I, I mean I'm the mother of four-year-olds and I'm pregnant so I, it's incredibly personal to me that I can turn to my kid in five years and ten years and say that I was on this I was on the side of trying to fix this and that it's and that we have to do there's a there's so many things that we can do. Um, just as individuals, and there's more than you realize that we can do as individuals, but without actually dealing with the way we handle emissions and carbon in our atmosphere, we're, we're, we're endangering the actual planet. And we don't have another one. We don't have another plan. We can't go, we can't go to the moon or Mars, like maybe, maybe someday, but we're really not there. Um, I read something that was talking about how um, the Biden plan was as ambitious as sending a man to the moon. Um, but it was only as ambitious as sending a man to the moon. And we did that. So we can do this. And we've got this. We are in this moment where actually we can make the, make the changes that are necessary. And the cool thing about the Biden plan, even though there are things I don't like about it, there are things that I don't think go far enough. But the cool thing about it is that it's centrist enough that people will vote for it in Congress too. He's got a shot at actually getting it passed, which I, is not, it's not necessarily 
it's not about exactly what I would want it to be. It's not, it doesn't go far enough, but it goes far enough that we're actually, we have a shot at fixing the we things that change. have to be fixed. It's a good start. It's a good yeah. start. And like, we, I mean, the moon, you know, it's like we've, yeah. we've, done, we've done that a few times over. We've gotten things to Mars. Like it's, it's, you know, that is okay. It's going to be hard, but you know what? Things are hard. Things are difficult. Yeah. And like, if we're going to re revert the planet back to, you know, uh, to, away from all of the, all of this damage. Yeah. We fucked it up. We, it's going to be a lot of work. It's not, yeah. we don't have to press And we will have to make sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because we're making sacrifices. I mean, the thing that blows my mind about it is when these primarily septuagenarians um, are talking about how it's okay that we do that, that we have the carbon emission levels that we have when their grandchildren or great grandchildren are the ones that are going to suffer. Like it's, it's just so frustrating to me that we can be that short sighted and we can just be looking towards our own lifetimes and not towards what we're giving our kids. And I, I get, I, I don't, I actually don't understand it. Um, so, so I'm actually, I'm phone banking. I've never phone banked before. I've done a lot of letter writing. Um, I've done a little bit of texting. Um, I give, I give money with abandon um, <laughs> that we don't necessarily even have. And my husband was saying the same. He like admitted to me. He was like, every time somebody asks for you for money right now, I give it to them. Yeah. Um, don't ask my husband for money if you're watching this because he might <laughs> give it to you. But, um, but, but I think that I, I'm terrified of phone banking. I don't like getting on the phone with people. It makes me nervous. Um, the idea of cold calling people is one of the scariest things I can imagine. I don't want them to hang up on me, but I also don't really want to talk to them. But <laughs> I think it's so important that I have put aside all of my fear and angst and terror, and I'm, I'm going to be phone making with the Broadway for Biden campaign. So you can do it too. You can join me. We can be terrified together. And I think it's it, we it, it is it is known to be the most effective form of getting people to vote. So we have to do it. Thank you, Kate. And yes, please join us on Monday, October twelfth, seven to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we call into the key swing states. We will need to turn blue to ensure that we can all go green. And you can join people like uh, like Kate Kerrigan and Andrew Barth Feldman and Alexandra Villasenor and Amanda Quaid. I, there's some great people doing this. So um, for those of you that are watching, please, please, please join Broadway for Biden's efforts and, and phone bank on October 12th, 7 to 9 p.m. And if you're looking to join Broadway for Biden's amazing efforts that both uh, Ryan and Kate talked about, uh, amongst many others, you can head to broadwayforbiden.com to see what events you can attend. Yes. Uh, and almost daily with Broadway for Biden, there's a way that you can get your voice heard uh, and hear other voices. So uh, there's a town hall on Saturday spotlighting uh, Asian American Pacific Islander voices, and you could sign up. Uh, on Broadway for Biden. And uh, we're going to provide a link as well. We'll provide all these links on our social media at my Broadway memory as well.
Yeah. And if you know, as a reminder, if you're just turning in, uh, My Broadway Memory has partnered with Broadway for Biden during the month of October to make sure you're mobilized and prepared to vote on or before November 3rd. Yes. Every week for the month of October, we will be in, see, there's that phone. So you can, uh, that's reminding you to phone bank and sign up. So uh, every week for the month of October, we will be encouraging our listeners to get out and vote or vote by mail on November 3rd. We'll continue to have amazing Broadway guests, share amazing memories, and get you out to vote. Yes. So uh, that was our Broadway for Biden segment. I just, I love the work you two are doing. Thank you for sharing you. all of your thoughts on that. Um, if you did just get here, have been here, please comment below. Make sure, you know, you're seeing yourself known. Uh, we love hearing from you as you're watching. And uh, before we continue on to Ryan's memory, what do you say we do a little Q&A? Yes, I love that. And the oh show- Oh my is, God. Yes, we love a Q&A. And the show is running just a little over. Um, we, we're not gonna take up too, too much uh, of your time, uh, but uh, we're having fun. So yeah, we, we well could, just keep going. Literally, we could probably talk for hours about all the things we've talked about. And a New York voter registration, Stephanie just commented. Thank you, Stephanie. New York voter registration deadline is tomorrow. So make sure that you have your plan. And if you don't, you can message any of us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want, um, and uh, make sure that uh, we will give you some great information to make sure that you are that you have a plan. Uh, and so as for the Q&A, each week our friends on Instagram give us uh, an opportunity to ask guest questions. So this question, I'm going to ask this question for Ryan from Brian. Ryan from Brian on our Instagram page. Ryan, what was your creation process like for your solo show, Hi, Are You Single? And would you do it virtually? Thank you for the question, Brian. You have a nice sounding name. <laughs> uh, I started it as my senior capstone in undergrad at Ohio Wesleyan University, uh, where I was a theater and creative writing double major. And I had the option, I said, what am I going to do? Am I going to do a Tennessee Williams play with my friends? Or am I going to create something that I can take forward and sort of springboard my career. And that's exactly what it's done. It was my first uh, first full length performance in New York, two months after, three months after graduating. That at Dixon Place got me to Under the Radar. Um, and that Under the Radar got me around the country. And now we're getting ready for our first full production, which is produced i i was told via text by the artistic director an hour ago that i could say this it was announced for production at woolly mammoth theater company yeah. uh, in washington and then the COVID happened and then it got delayed and we thought mm, maybe this fall we'll be able to do audiences with masks in dc well alas of course that isn't happening but what is happening is that next week I leave Ohio for the first time in six months to drive to DC. Um, and I don't dr drive. Somebody's picking me up. Um, we're going to do two weeks of rehearsal. They'll be, they're building the whole production. They're building it and we're teching it as though we're doing the play, but we're doing a three camera shoot and it will be virtual. Yes. Um, at the beginning, at the beginning of next year, in partnership with I am a theater company. Um, so thanks to Willie and I am, I am, it will be virtual. I long said I would never do it on Zoom. I would never do it from my parents' house. But this is going to be a fully designed, fully executed production 
without an audience um, or with a very minimal, minimal, tiny audience of the crew that's already in the room. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. I didn't answer your question about the creation process, but all I'll say is that all of my solo work is a series of stories that I connect into a pseudo sort of narrative. I don't sit down and write a solo show beginning, middle, end. It's like, I have all, I have this, I have this smorgasbord of things. How can I put them together in a way that feels like maybe it could be a plot, but at least is going to give you some sort of emotional journey as an audience and for the character of Ryan. Because every time I put Ryan into a different solo show, he's experiencing something different. He's learning something new. And he is a character. It is, I'm giving a performance, as Heidi Schreck so beautifully says about her performance in Constitution. It is a performance, you know. It is a characterization. Um, so it's just individual stories. And if somebody were to want to write a solo show, I would suggest starting with an individual story um, and not trying to do an hour because you can't. You just simply can't. Um, but you could do two to three minutes or five minutes. And my best technique is to um, just tell a story, preferably to a group of people on your phone, hit the record button, just tell it. And then uh, when you stop recording, you can then take that recording and type it and transcribe it and edit it and change it and do all the artistic work you have to do. But the only way you're going to get it to sound like you actually talking is if you talk. For real. Yeah. That's so smart. It's beautiful. That was one of the first um, really great assignments that I ever got in a in a writing class was to go into like different uh, into different settings and just like record conversations. And I, it was definitely more connected to dialogue, but it is it is totally true. Actually, listening to the way that people actually talk is, I think, one of the one of the most important and strange parts of playwriting in general is that like you have to be you have to be in tune with that the 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 fact that I never I didn't say a sentence just now I was about to say because <laughs> that's how people's brains work it's never a real sentence yep. and so it's 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 such an incredible and important part of figuring out how to how to make those pieces of theater that's so exciting yeah, I'm so happy for you I'm so happy that theater is happening at the Bully Mammoth yeah it is yeah. it's happening on film and they and they've promised to bring me back live when it is safe to do that that's but, amazing. We're, but we're but we're you know we're taking that one step at a time and we don't want to rush it cuz nobody wants to be unsafe yeah um, also that's such a I think that's such a, an important testament to I think what having the possibility of digital theater is too because it, it there's this uh, there's this wonderful fact that you can it, that's going to make people want to come back and see it again and see it in person and have that experience that liveness experience but yeah. but the fact that people will have access to it from anywhere yeah. is it's a wonderful wonderful thing yeah um, I'm not quite a baby, not quite a baby. I mean, it's kind uh, of a baby. Thank you, Brian. For the baby. <laughs> Sometimes it takes longer to make than a baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's certain. That's certain. It's a toddler and it's a five-year-old now. So yeah, right? yeah. Oh, you're in that phase. Um, we have a question for Kate. Um, hold on. Let me find the name. 
Uh, it's not Brecklin. It's Brittany. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have Brittany on Instagram. Uh, so her question for Kate is, you're such a, I love this question too. You're such a huge part of so many people's discoveries from musical theater. What was it like being some of the first writers to put your songs on YouTube and social media, which started trends and exposed so many people to the joys of musical theater? I love that question. Um, it's really humbling and strange uh, to be a part of people's discovery of musical theater. Um, and it's also really, I, I feel very lucky. Like, I don't know that I would have a career without all of those people finding us on the internet. Um, and it's it's made the kind of career that I've had really weird um, and really exciting. And it's meant, it's meant that in this pandemic, I've been very busy because there's, um, there's a lot of opportunity right now to try to figure out how the, inter the internet interacts with theater and what theater is right now. Um, and if theater still exists um, without, without being able to be in a room together. And I, I, I do have a, I have this spidey sense that it does and that it must only because most people found the stuff that I was making um, with Brian on the internet and they, thought it was theater too. And I think so much of that is about that live capture, that sense of immediacy and intimacy in performance. Um, but but yeah, it's it's a really weird, it's a weird thing to, I, I just sort of think of what I'm doing as I make, I try to make actual theater like for an audience in a, in a theater. Um, but the majority of people who know the work that I've made is actually short form and connected to these songs that exist on the internet without necessarily know the, knowing the context of them. And it's a really, it's really interesting to discover that, um, to, to meet people and have them have those moments and like tell me their stories um, about where they, where they first heard the song or what, what it associates for them. Um, but it's really, it's, but it is an incredible, opportunity and hearing hearing those kinds of stories um, makes it feel really worthwhile. And I have a huge weakness for teenagers and teenager stories um, and that sense of how everything is fresh and new and your brain is literally growing and developing your taste at that moment. Um, and so I think there's something really incredible about being a part of people's experiences when they're that age. Yeah. Um, I feel a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I hope I did a good job exactly. because um, because it, it does mean that it's foundational for those people. Um, but it's, it's really lovely to hear the stories that people tell you about that first time that they heard one of your songs and how it's completely connected to their best friend or yeah. like the loss of a loved one or something like that. It's, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Great questions, team. Yes, thank you guys. And uh, you know, we love these questions. We love this Q and A because it helps us bring uh, us closer to you and understand you more. So um, thank you for answering them and thank you for letting us into your lives and your and your artistic journeys so and and every week when we announce our guests we also do a q and a segment on our instagram where you the viewers can go on our instagram and ask questions that we 
ask on air, just like what you saw. And so get answered so beautifully by two incredible I, artists. And get answered so beautifully, which we love. So um, thank you so much for answering those. And uh, let's move on to some more memories. So Ryan, would, oh you, like, would, you, like, <laughs> would you like to do your Broadway memory? So mine is not uh, a curated group of playbills. This, oh, I can't even lift it, is, thank goodness I'm here in Ohio. It's this giant bag. Many of them are shows I haven't seen. I have a fabulous gay Uncle Charlie who uh, would go to New York two to three times a year when you could travel and go and see shows. And so some of them are from him. Some of them are in plastic bags. Um, but a lot of them are stuff I've seen too. So I'm going to pull them out. And then if I don't have anything to say about it because I didn't see it or know anything about it, then, we'll, then we're going to just discard. All right. Yeah, I love it. God of Carnage. Okay, just R.I.P. R.I.P. The Sopranos Man. That's all. Yeah, um, great show. Right. <laughs> James Gandolfini. I feel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Also in it. Yes. Who did you say? Marsha Gay Harden was in it, and she is gay yeah. in her name, which we love. Gorgeous, gorgeous. South Pacific. Beautiful. South Pacific. So I um saw this on tour. Charlie saw the Lincoln Center and brought me this playbill. Um, and I saw, and I of course watched the live from Lincoln Center with Paolo and Kelly. Yeah. And nice. I mean, I can't, wait, this was 2008? Yeah. Yes. yes. This was, okay, so Tony Wise, this on the Tonys was the summer that I came out, but it would have been a month before I came out. So um, watching Paolo Jot, absolutely like gird your loins, if that's the yeah. right term, because yes. he, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I used it appropriately, but it was doing things to me, but I, he was, he's a person, not an it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but my gosh, his voice, his beauty. And I remember Liza, listen, Liza saying, Paolo Jot or something <laughs> like that. That's um, but she was, <laughs> I mean, they were amazing. I love seeing the Lincoln Center, the, the broadcast on PBS. But in the intervening years, I think before the broadcast came out, um, I saw it on tour here in Cleveland. And that was my first time of seeing it. And it was this production. But of course, it was fully proscenium. There was no thrust as they do at Lincoln Center. Right. And at the time, it was my senior year of high school. So this would have been... Oh God, um, this would have been, no, it wasn't my senior year. Um, something, it was something where I was writing reviews for them. So mm -hmm. maybe it was senior year, uh, 2010, two years, two years later. So this is two years after Broadway. And I am part of a group of teenagers who are writing reviews for the major touring house. I love and, it. I love it. <laughs> and if... And if when and my reviews were published a lot, you know, usually they were gonna sharing is caring, and we they would only, but they would put mine up because I'm a very good writer. As yeah. uh, I'm a good writer, or I at least was for a high school student, you know. <laughs> but not they wouldn't put it up if I was really critical. Can't be too critical. And I wasn't critical of this production of South Pacific. I thought it was fine production of South Pacific. Um, it isn't, it wasn't as magical as the PBS broadcast, but it was a fine production. But I did this like dissertation about Nellie Forbush and her complicated, her complicated like character 
and how like you're supposed to love her, but how could we love her because she came from, and then I talked about her hometown and I connected it to a moment in civil rights. And I was just like, all this was happening. And I was basically dramaturging South Pacific instead of writing a review. And then my only real criticism was that the guy on tour didn't even hold a candle to Paolo Jot. He was this kind of very like above middle age gangly. You're Googling to see who it was. Oh no. Oh no. We won't um, say it on, on screen. He did, nothing, he did nothing to my loins. He did nothing to my loins. And part like whole paragraph of the review was like, this show doesn't work if Emil it's not attractive. Send. Like that was the that was my criticism. That's I don't reasonable to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the actor that played Emil the Beck, but Carmen Cusack was your Nellie Forbush. Which was she your Nellie Forbush? I have to be honest and say I don't remember, but it would be wonderful if that was true. Because she was in the first national tour, so you might have seen her. I hope it was her. I want to say I hope it was her. I can probably. My heart, the old computer is gone. Where all my reviews were saved from high school. Oh. But but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if it was. And wouldn't that be amazing? I I will say that I saw the first national of Wicked in 2000. It was either 2005 with SJB. With SJB. No, but it wasn't. It was. I saw the understudy, and the understudy was Victoria Victor Victoria Matlock. Matlock, yeah. I saw the understudy, yeah. and it wasn't Victoria Matlock. It was Jenna Lee Green. Oh, yeah. Because she was Nessa in the tour. Yeah. You also was the alphabet understudy. I saw, I saw, Kate, you were going to say something. I just wanted to say, before we completely leave South Pacific. Yes, please. There is a, back to the, the land of bootlegs. There is a video called The World According to Quail that you should watch. That is this video of um, basically this this guy who had a really small part, who eventually he ended up being uh, he ended up being the um, he ended up being Danny Burstein's part later. He got moved up, but okay. he, I'm forgetting all their names. Yeah. But there's this character named Herbert Quayle, and his only claim to fame in the entire show is that during that he gets like called onto the stage by Nelly at the beginning of the second act during that like uh, the the thing. Yeah. And he's just supposed to like come on stage and like get a pat in the back and walk, but he doesn't. And this guy, every night when Laura Osnes took over for Kelly, every night this guy did something different. And the video, there's this. So somebody like was on stage on the thrust who like was taking a video. Everybody got in a lot of trouble eventually for this, but <laughs> this video exists from the stage where this guy did a different crazy thing every night. And some of them are batshit. Am I allowed to say batshit? Oh my God. And they're so funny. And it's called The World According the to Quail. We should watch it. I will be watching that. That's 100%. Very it's really important. important. Like it's like not allowed, but stuff like that, like little games between castmates is always so fun. It's so good. Oh yeah. I have a four minute video. It's That's so good. Amazing. Wait, Ryan, I just thought of a question for you. Yeah. So we were making a movie of South Pacific, right? And, oh. and Paolo was unavailable. That's who, impossible. 
I know, but let's <laughs> say he was unavailable. Who would you pick to gird your loins as Emile Debeck in the movie? First, first I have to tell you, I I was very certain that Charlie had seen, gay Uncle Charlie had seen, Paolo Jad is not in this playbill. So he Kelly's, Kelly's in this playbill, but Paolo Jad is not in this playbill. And I won't say who is in case he's the guy who did it on tour. Um, <laughs> I I like older men, okay? I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying he didn't work for me sexually. That's okay. Uh, okay. In 2010. Um, who would I choose? Oh, Raul Esparza. Oh, great. we great. love. Great choice. We love. My, my friends, I, I could talk to you for ever but i and i hate to say this but we have to end the show and i do not want to do it at all because i love talking about this but you were both amazing seriously this was such a great show thank you remy we, it's my fault we ran over wonderful host. thank you remy wonderful, wonderful host. Host. thank you guys and ryan and kate thank you uh where can we find you uh on social uh, ryan your handle's there but uh what where can we find you next what's going on kate i know that you have something exciting happening so now's your time to sort of tell us where to find you next both of you um, I have a I have a show this digital musical that I did this summer that's out right now called A Killer Party um, that was shot completely in isolation and it has like Laura Osnes and uh, Jeremy Jordan and a bunch of amazing unbelievable performers in it it's really fun it's a murder mystery because <laughs> we needed to take our minds off everything yeah. um, so I have that and then I'm also working right now on this thing uh, for the our sh the show that I wrote called The Mad Ones. We're doing this thing called The Mad Ones Lab where we have uh, over 250 artists have joined us, actors, directors, wow. uh, visual artists uh, who are each taking sections of the show and we're creating this platform for them to, uh, we don't know what it's called yet, but it's gonna be like uh, this almost like chat roulette, but with um, the show. So no you can way. Watch, you'll be able to watch like, uh, this version of the show that sort of collages itself together. Wow. And then if you watch it again, it would be a completely different version of it with all of these different visual artists making Perfect. different sections of the show. And I'm really excited about it. It's been like the thing that I go, I go and like check, it's all happening on like Discord and Zoom. And so I go like check Zoom and, or Discord and see how they're all doing when I get like very anxious about politics. <laughs> A really cool concept. That's really awesome. With that, Kate. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, it'll be right after the election when we all need a yeah. lot of... A no lot matter of what, we're going to need... Relaxation. Relaxation, yeah. no matter what. And so, Ryan, where can we find you? What's going on? Fill us in. Um, so, at Ryan J. Headed, as you can see. And then... Um, 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 what was I going to say? Oh, yes. The Wooly Mammoth I Am a Theater co-production of Hire You Single will be available to stream uh, with the purchase of a ticket, of course, at, at the beginning of 2021 at some point. Uh, we haven't said exactly when yet, and we don't actually know. But in the immediate, I please do watch that Broadway for Biden panel with disabled uh, panelists. Deaf and disabled panelists, all wonderful people, including Alexandria Wales, Gardner Comfort, Christine Bruno, Sophia Cheyenne, and is there one more? Is 
I think Did you say Ali Stroker. Allie no, Stroker. Ali was in the Ali was in the Sorry. phone banking oh, first part. I think it's I think I'm the last one. So it, those are the five of us. <laughs> but the one more thing is that I'm there's a wonderful organization, uh, educational organization for disabled talent called Access Acting. Sorry, Access Acting Academy, which is founded and run by a wonderful actress named Marilee Talkington. And I will be doing a slam class on October 16th, Friday, October 16th at from 6.30, I think 6.30 to 9.30 PM, I think. Don't quote me on that, but go to Access Acting Academy online. And I think it's accessactingacademy.com. I'm sorry I didn't prepare this, but it just occurred okay. to me. And I'm going to be teaching a class in solo performance or uh, autobiographical storytelling for deaf and disabled students and performers of uh, of most any age, uh, of most any age. So please go if you fall into the category of deaf or disabled and want to tell a story with us next so week. Whatever, whatever links you guys have for us, whatever you want people to join, please send them to us and we will put on uh, social media. Uh, and speaking of which, you know, if you are new to the show or um, have been watching forever, please follow us on Instagram at my Broadway memory. We recap things that we talked about in our episodes, how you can join, how you can join Broadway for Biden, how you could join these amazing phone banks, these amazing panels, how you can get involved and, uh, help frankly save the world. So um, thank you so much uh, for being a part of our, uh, my Broadway memory and Broadway for Biden partnership. Uh, we're learning so much and thank you to, thank you to Broadway for Biden and thank you to uh, Broadway podcast network, Alan, Dory, Brittany, Katie, uh, you are all amazing and uh and i'd be remiss if we didn't i think that because we take a picture a group picture every episode i think because this is the most physical and funny one it would be um susan in space so give your uh, best susan from title of show in space okay ready one two three who's taking the picture well, what I do is I oh, go back in. Wait, my hand. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That was a moving picture. I see. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I see. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Will, uh, new friends, love you. Yeah. Vote for Biden. See you next week, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We announce our guests every Monday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Much love. See you next thank week. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Ryan. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.